you're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi, Dr. Jen. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Well, I don't know if I'm having you or you're having me today. We've had some technical difficulties, but I appreciate you being here. Can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do and all of that jazz? Absolutely. So my name is Dr. Jen. I am a licensed psychologist here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm also an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford School of Medicine. I have a lovely private practice uh, where I see individual clients do some coaching. And I also have a Freedom from Perfectionism course that I make available through Instagram. Awesome. And you're yeah. a mom. And I'm a mom. Yes. Um, okay. So long story short, Instagram gave me or told me that I should follow you, which I thought was hilarious because I was like, well, maybe Instagram knows that I am struggling with perfectionism, which is actually pretty ironic because I struggle with a lot of things, but perfectionism is something that I've kind of had to like ditch at some point when I realized I was not going to survive with six children and a very large business and also be perfect at the same time. Um, (laughs) But I started following it and I loved it. And it wasn't just that, like, I loved your content. It was the fact that it was, like, approachable content. And I loved that. It was, like, you know, I mean, everybody knows, like, the mental health, like, niche, especially in the Instagram world, is a really, really big thing right now. And, like, people are getting pitched mental health stuff everywhere. All of it's pretty, I mean... I guess, safe and decent, but some of the people doing it, I feel like are doing it because it's an opportunity right now where your stuff just felt a little bit more genuine. So I started following you. I started actually like actually processing some of the stuff you were putting out. And I was like, wow, like I never thought of it that way. So then we did a podcast. Needless to say, um, I think I tagged you, you reached out and now here we are. And I'm totally stoked. Everywhere. And you fixed my technical <laughs> problems for me, which was really, really not <laughs> nice of you. Um, but so we talked a little bit about, about before we started about kind of the direction that I wanted to go. And, you know, we're we've created kind of a cool thing at Lash Mama and kind of how we've gotten here is something that I've been able to suddenly kind of take this big step back and take a look at. But we shouldn't be as successful as we are as a brand. Um, You know, we're not funded. I had no business experience, but basically we created an internal culture within the company that really appreciated kind of mistakes and imperfection. And we created kind of this vulnerable esque work environment where people could show up as they are. And then we all kind of like learn together. So we've been able to, you know, kind of just grow it and it's just continued to grow. And then once the workplace community, we allow our, we allow moms to bring their babies to work. I don't know. I'll hurry up and get oh. that. But, uh, oh, no, that's amazing. It's, it's this very kind of unique, um, place where people kind of grow together within motherhood and parenthood and then mm-hmm. in business. And we've created this brand. Um, but we've kind of, segmented now into this latch mama online like closed like community like private facebook group yeah we're getting to the point where 
we are reaching the point where other mom groups have failed um, simply because it gets too large. I mean, we're, I think we're getting up to like 15,000 people and it's super, super active and it's creating connection to motherhood, which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. But I think where we struggle as moms in general is that we are set up for this like perfectionism thing. Um, And, you know, I think it comes from all different directions um, from society and stuff. So can you give people like perfectionism 101 really fast and like what it is and and what it leads to before I'm going like way, way deep dive into it. And I feel like we should probably introduce the concept at some point. Okay. So concept of perfectionism in general, you can wrap it up in sort of an an anxiety or a fear of doing something imperfectly. And that fear is usually based in this idea of if I don't show up perfectly, so with motherhood, like if I don't have the feeding journey that I want, if I don't have the birth story that I want, if my kid doesn't show up with, you know, a peanut butter and jelly cut into a pretty shape with a sticky note every single day on the 275 millionth day of school, then there is something wrong with me. I might be rejected. I'm not the mother that this person deserves to be, et cetera. So it's a fear that if we mess up in any way that our worth goes down. Yeah. I mean, I, me- I mess up between my bed and the coffee maker in the morning. Like, you know what Facts. I'm like? And I mean, that is just like <laughs> motherhood in general. Like, I feel like the yeah. amount of decisions I make literally in the first 10 minutes of my day, I'm going to get at least one of them wrong. And I can tell you it's become so freeing to get to the point where it is what it is, you know? And, yeah. but I think that we're told that from the moment we even try to conceive, um, from the birth of the child, I think before the baby's even out of our vagina or our bellies during childbirth, you know, I feel like we're already, you know, almost judging ourselves on what we're getting right and what we're getting wrong. Um, I don't think it's very fair. I don't, I think society does it. I think we do it to ourselves. Right. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but like, yeah. we're not really set up for success. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. am I, am I wrong? There? You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we look at this. It's interesting because the reason I went, went off and became a therapist in general was I, I was really interested in women's mental health and body image and disordered eating and all of these different, different things that, uh, that affect folks going into motherhood and throughout their motherhood journey as well. But it's this whole idea that society can kind of stack things against women and the expectations keep going up and up and up while the resources for women stay stagnant or they actually get reduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh so you're absolutely right. It's, it's absolutely crazy to me. And like the more I think I grow personally and the more I grow kind of into motherhood and, and have kind of the privilege that I have to actually step back and see what resources we actually have to support women and then what resources we have to support mothers and how the lack of resources is adding to a certain level of disconnection, which I think just adds even more complexities to the process of dealing with failure or imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, and and social media is not helping. Yeah. No, social media is a freaking mess. And I, I feel like, I, I don't know. It's just, there are people out there doing it well. And there are people out there that are showing kind of the imperfect side of motherhood. 
yeah. but I don't think it's a norm. I think we're, we, we only post the perfect moments on Facebook or Instagram. We only mm -hmm. post the achievements or the times that, you know, everything does look great or, you know, and it's, it's so hard to me because I feel like we can't get away from the judging. Like we can't get away from the idea yeah. that we're not good enough or, you know, our kids are eating floor snacks today or something like that. You know, I mean, it's just it and it, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, I guess where I struggle is how do you create that connection when women are constantly feeling like they're failing? You know, it's, it almost takes a certain level of vulnerability and confidence, but where is that confidence coming from? You know? Yeah. 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 And it, it's really challenging because it's sort of a trial by fire during a time when women are already, already going through a trial by fire mm -hmm. of motherhood. Because as soon as you have it figured out, your kid ages three days, then you don't have it figured out anymore. Yep. If you ever got it figured out in the first place. Absolutely. And then, it, like you said, it's this vulnerability and putting ourselves out there. Like, for instance, my, my best friends are flying in tomorrow. It's my birthday this weekend. Yay. <laughs> and... I just texted them and I was like, by the way, my house is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And they are, yeah, it's great. They are not moms yet. <sighs> and they have these beautiful houses yeah. and you know, wow. yada, yada, yada. Great. But we have a four year old running around and there were people staying last weekend, et cetera. Yeah. And so just being able to say that the, the way that we learn it's okay is by sort of dipping our toe in for the vulnerability and then watching the world not fall apart when we do that. Oof, yeah, that is so right? hard though. I mean, it's it, so hard. It's so hard because you have to do it in spaces and in relationships where you, like, like you said, you're dipping your toe in, you're going in hopefully without yeah. any sort of judgment. And if you're yeah. already feeling not great about yourself and you're already yeah. feeling maybe shameful or you're feeling ashamed or you're feeling maybe not good enough making that connection is so hard so no, it's how, hard. how 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 does that work so how okay so, so how does one do that yeah, how, yeah i mean how i mean it's it, it comes from a place of i mean i, I know how we've done it here mm -hmm. because we've created a really authentic environment um where we practice it. Um, but how does a mom at a park or somewhere or a mom who's feeling lonely, how do you even start? Like, I just, it's so funny because I have these yeah. conversations and I'm like, we are so damn broken. Give me the answers. But I don't, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. What the, you know, I don't know what the answers are, know. you know? So. No. Well, and, and caveat to add to that is I think, 75% of us have developed mild social anxiety over the last two and a half years because yeah. there's been so much isolation yeah. outside of our control. So we've also sort of forgotten, like the wheels are not greased for making friends and increasing vulnerability and intimacy in general. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's there too. Absolutely. But so for instance, I was at the park the other day and I live in this very crunchy, you know, area of the country, mm -hmm. you know, where everyone eats kale and does yoga all the time. And so, and so I'm there with like my, like, you know, like, you know, blue dye number four fruit snacks for my kid. <laughs> right. And I turned to the, the, you know, woman who's next to me and our kids are playing and, you know, I was like, Hey, like, does your kid eat, you know, kind of non-organic blue dye number four fruit snacks? Yeah. And she was like, 
oh yeah, she eats goldfish off the ground. Like, let's do yeah. this. And so then we yeah. you know, share these snacks. But it's these it's these tiny little micro ways in which we are letting our guard down and we let other people in. Mm-hmm. Now, she might have said absolutely not. And part of where we where we learn how to stand, you know, and find our footing in imperfection is sort of if this woman, it, it's totally fine if somebody only feeds their kids organic stuff. That's fantastic. Yay. Um, but if someone's going to be judgmental towards me because I don't perfectly align with their parenting or how they do things in life, I'm also building up some fortitude in acknowledging like, hey, that's not the kind of person that I want around my family unit necessarily. Yeah. No. Similar to people want to work at your yeah, business like and people might not want to work at ones that demand perfection. Yeah. How do you have that moment? So postpartum mom is at the park. They have that moment where, I mean, let's just say the fruit snack moment happens and the other person says, yeah, no, my kid doesn't eat stuff like that or something like that. What? I mean, I mean, you're a healthy individual and your reaction would be, okay, that's fine. Whatever. You're not like, whatever. It's fine. But like, I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably that moment where you say, oh, well maybe my kid shouldn't be eating them too. Like I'm not a good mother. Like how, what do you, what do you do in those moments? Yeah. So one of the things we talk about a lot in, in psychology is something that we call values based living. Mm-hmm. And so this is about having, I call them your North stars. Like you, you, you have a couple North stars that are all about how you want to live your life and what you want to do. And it's not always about strict happiness from moment to moment. It's not toxic positivity. It's none of that. But for instance, if we're talking about this, like, you know, organic snacks versus, you know, non-organic snacks, what I care about in feeding my kid is that she feels, you know, she has access to food that she's loved that food is a positive thing in her life and that she does not grow up with body image and diet Mm -hmm. issues and things like that. If someone tells me, Oh yeah, I only feed my kid organic stuff, you know, and there's a tinge of judgment to Mm -hmm. that. I want to return to my values, not just to assure myself that I'm doing the best motherhood on my scale, Mm -hmm. but also so that I can recognize that for that person, their actions align for their values. And so it's not, we're not, against one another, yeah. even if we make different parenting decisions. Yeah. It's just so funny when you say that. It's like, if, if you could just take that and give it to like every mom, and every mom space, like that is the answer oh, to know. the end of competition and mom shaming. Like, I know. And if we could all just get there, like it could be, but like literally we could have, we approve posts in our group that we don't think in any way will go south. They turn so hateful for that simple reason that somebody can't say the simple you do you like, I don't need to have an opinion on this because it's not my kid. It's not, you know, it's not my family. I, I, I can have my own opinion and we can agree to disagree. I can keep scrolling, but yeah, I don't know where the anger and like the constant, needing to get the last word when it's not really affecting them comes from. Yeah. You want to go deep? Yeah, let's do it. 
We're a little off from fresh. Yeah, let's go do it. Okay. I love it. So, so think about it this way. Okay. okay. So our brains were developed thousands and thousands of years okay. ago. And our brains are developed to manage threat. Our fight, flight, mm -hmm. freeze responses are activated. We feel threat. Motherhood activates that more than anything else. Suddenly we're protecting our children. Okay. okay. All right. So nothing is more important than procreating, making sure our kids grow up healthy, happy. That's, that's in our DNA. So we are no longer in unsafe situations. We're not getting hunted by lions anymore. But we are still making decisions. Like you said, the first 10 minutes, you make a million decisions. We're making all these decisions that are geared towards our offspring being happy and healthy. Okay. So our brains are developed to think, oh, wait, that mom's walking out of the cave and that lion might come and eat that mom and her young. I'm not going to do that. So our decisions have these huge amounts of weight. Right now, they don't carry that much weight because if I give my kid Cheez-Its and if she gives her kid kale mm -hmm. chips, my kid's not going to fall down dead the next minute. I don't think. But our brains are still wired to evaluate the world in the same way. Our brains don't evolve as quickly as our world okay. evolved. So when someone sees me making a different decision than they would make, they're going to fiercely defend their decision because it's all around that core of keeping their kids safe. Wow. No, I just, we're deep, so we're deep in the game. I'm like, give me the easy answer. Tell me how to bring connection <laughs> and kindness back to motherhood. And you're like, we've got to go back to the caves. We've got to rewire the caves. And I'm like, oh, great. 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 So we can still, so we can still do it. There are still, you know, easy ways to, to, to throw, you know, to, to, to throw the ladder down and, and, and pull each other across, you know, these, these, these distances. But the reason I mention that is because we have to understand where it's coming from to have compassion for the mm -hmm. other person. Yeah. Cause anyone who's ever judged has probably judged somebody else at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> so other than suggesting that like in those moments people walk away and maybe have that fight or flight or whatever is being activated in them settle down and yeah. come back to it and try and come back to it from a yeah. place of understanding or kindness or empathy What, I mean, we're, we're not, we're not going to get out of this alone. I mean, I, the idea, the statistic that what the leading cause of death in postpartum women that first year yeah. is self-harm, like we need connection. Yeah. Like we need to figure out a way to yeah. lower, in my opinion, expectations that we have on mothers and, and each other and greet each other with yeah. that same understanding of what's good for you doesn't need to be, you know good for me and my family or what's best for you isn't really necessarily best for me, but we've got to figure out how to do that. And you're kind of saying that it's ingrained in all of us and we need to, I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, give me, give me the magic answer. So, <laughs> so it's ingrained in all of us, but that doesn't mean many things are ingrained in us, but that doesn't mean that, that we can't change how we interact with the things that are ingrained okay. in us. So for instance, 
I have one child. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about whether or not to have another child. And it's a little overwhelming. Like I'm, I'm worried I'll be tired. I'm worried or whatever. We personally met a few minutes yeah. before this. And you shared with me that you have six children. <laughs> and a part of me was like, oh my God, I am not like energetic woman enough to like do, I couldn't do that. And there was a feeling of less than like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed really? with one. I'm thinking about, oh, can I even have so two? And she has Cause, six Because you say you have one. And I think, oh, wow, maybe I would be, maybe I should have only had one. And maybe I would have been. Like, no, 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 no. But I mean, it's just, it's naturally, I feel yeah. like, I mean, if we're going to do it. this, we're going to go back and forth. I hear you say that you have one and I'm like, wow, I have a lot of kids. I wonder what it would be like to be a mom to just one. And could I be more present? And, you know, would I, would I be a better mother? And six is a lot. And I mean, it's just, but I look at you having one and me having six and we can still have a conversation and share stories and laugh and, you know, but that comes from a place of confidence and strength and you know self-work and all of the stuff that is also based in privilege and education and experience and all of the things that we don't always all have access to you know yeah thousand percent thousand percent and so you can see that mutual curiosity and these are the things that we can like tap into right you can see that mutual curiosity of me being like oh what would it be like to mm-hmm. have more you being like oh what would it like to be mm-hmm. only have one you can see me like salute you i was like you have six kids you're running a business oh my god you can see you salute me like oh there might be you know this different lifestyle etc and there's value in that that's where on the playground when folks are making different decisions or even when our fight and flight is activated or even if we you know you know haven't been in therapy for 10 years we can get curious and have respect for one another and recognize that all of that competition, all of that judgment, all of that me mm-hmm. versus them is coming from a place of love for our children. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I like, I mean, I, that's all that no, it is. I honestly that's- hadn't thought about the fact that, that the actual idea that we're mothering other human beings and trying to do what's best for them is a component of like the disconnection within motherhood. I know that sounds crazy, but like I had never, I had never considered that before. I literally just thought it was the fact that we have, we're putting so much pressure on moms that the idea that they, that we have time to, literally be vulnerable and do that those extra steps that are actually sometimes harder to do than just go through the motions all day i just assumed i didn't think about the fact that it might have to do with how much we love our children and how much we want to do right by them you know interesting yeah i don't know and it's and it's both. So the not having time and the being frazzled and, you know, all these different things, being stuck in fight, fight, freeze, just because mm-hmm. we're surviving, that's real. And that compounds it. But if I see someone, my house is a dumpster fire, to be clear. But if I see someone on Instagram and they have a beautiful house that's all fucking yeah. gray. Sorry, I don't know no, if you're a person or not. But if they have the perfect house, yeah. 
<laughs> and I look at it and they have all the coordinated toys yeah. and blah, 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 blah. I might think, oh, wait, that's mm-hmm. perfect. I'm not giving my family that. Is my family missing mm-hmm. out? And that's the shame response. And that's what we want to hide. And that's when we don't reach out to our friends or we mm-hmm. don't try and make connections is when we feel like we're not enough. We're not doing enough. We're doing something mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. But it's all out of love for the babies. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, but I mean, without like therapy and every podcast in the world talking about this stuff, like how... Hate it because we talk about this, and this is probably one of my favorite conversations I have ever had because you're putting pieces together, and I love it. I am really, really excited about sharing this with everybody because I know if I'm learning about it and I'm in it, I feel like every day trying to bring people together in this space. Um, I know people are going to learn about it too. Um, I mean, I don't, I I mean, how, how do we? I mean, how, how, I mean, I guess there's no fixing it. I mean, we're, no, 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 there's no, no you can't say that to a but... therapist. <laughs> there's absolutely fixing it. Okay. So, so what was an example when I did this? Oh, so mm-hmm. when I went back to work, which was like very yeah. fraught and breastfeeding was and pumping was like very fraught for me. So I went back to work and I had to pull back how many patients I saw mm-hmm. at the university and um, and I was terrified. I'd never seen anybody do it. It was majority female staff. I'd never seen anybody cut back after work. And I was like, Hey, I have to see basically like four fewer clients a week until I'm okay. done breastfeeding. And I was like literally shaking when it happened. And afterwards, three separate women who were all moms came up to me and they were like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, I didn't even know that was possible wow. to come up short to say, I can't do this and I'm going to change and you can pay me less, you can demote me, you can do whatever, but I'm going to do this other thing. And that like broke open this level of intimacy between those women who I'm still on a text thread with years later because I showed up imperfectly. So to show up imperfectly like that, and I love this because I get to ask a therapist questions and you're not being a therapist right now, so I answer them, which yeah. I love. So you walked into that situation (laughs) in your mind. I'm pretty sure that you had some sort of this could go this way. This could go that way. But my, my (laughs) guess is, is that your value structure had, I mean, you would set up your conversation at that point to know that that is what you needed. What did you do with the fear of the fact that it might not go the way you wanted it to go? I mean, you're not going to like this answer particularly, but <laughs> it's it's kind of what we talk about in exposure therapy for anxiety, where the only way to prove to our brains that it's going to be okay is to do it and watch the world not fall apart. Okay. So what would have happened if they had, if they had so we, said, no, we can't accommodate that? Yeah. So... I had gotten to the point where I had said to myself, if they're not willing to do this, I mm-hmm. could leave. Like I, I got there yeah. and I was fine with that. Um, I've also, what's interesting about it. And this is like another thing about like women in the workplace is I have repeatedly had conversations where they said flat out, no, 
And when I stuck to it, those answers changed over time. The current job that I have at the, at the university did not exist when my daughter was born. And I would not be working at that university. I'd be working entirely for myself if it hadn't changed to what it is now. And we, you know, we, we talk about this a lot because yeah. one of the things that I advocate so much for is the fact that women are not less capable after they have babies. They are, in my opinion, 10 times more capable. God. And what motherhood and pregnancy yep. can teach somebody is 10 times better than what they could ever learn. Um, Yep. you know, doing a job. And I think so yep. much of it is ego, you know, and people being insecure with the strength of what a mother can bring to the table. And like I said, I mean, we've built a eight figure a year brand right now, literally just by believing in the fact that, that women are valuable and that, you know, they should be taken care of, especially in these childbearing years through miscarriages and adoption and pregnancy and, you know, seeing value in what they can bring to the workplace. But, you know, we talk a lot in the group and watching people actually be empowered by sharing the stories, just like you said, like you do something and it has an impact on, you know, what continues to happen when other people watch it. Like women asking for a new pumping space or asking for, you know, the ability to bring their baby to work. You know, there's, in my opinion, there's probably not an office job anywhere in the United States that a woman should not be able to bring her baby to work for at least the first few months. Like, there, it, no, you know, but I think if we see that value, I that. you know, and we demonstrate it and we get it out there as much as we can, you know, maybe things can change. But I think what, I think the whole takeaway and how we get back to where we were before is maybe that if you are demonstrating that empathy and that kindness and that like idea that, yeah, you just answered that completely differently than I would have, or you're doing something completely different for your family that I would do, but we're going to meet somewhere with curiosity mm -hmm. and understanding. And we're still going to be really kind humans to each other, yeah. you know, which is just, it's crazy, you know, yeah. but yeah. God, I love yeah, that. I love exactly. that you used your voice and it just, it's funny because I don't hear, I don't know. I don't hear workplace stories like that very often. Cause I just feel like we're just so in the idea that women have to go back to work and all of that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So what's the, so, so the answer is, is that we have to realize that we're all imperfect, all imperfect. We're going to make mistakes and yes, go ahead, fill it in. So I'll give you, I'll give yeah, you I two little, yeah, yep. I'll give you two little, yeah. little barbs that I like, that I like, especially. So the first is if there's the, you know, woman who only feeds her kid kale chips and I'm feeding my yeah. kid Cheez-Its, you can kind of picture these two people as like tense around okay. the other person. And then as soon as, and if there's the, you know, oh no, I don't give my kid that, you know, whatever, there's, mm -hmm. there's tension, right? But then as soon as there's softening and there's imperfection, and I say to her, because I, I can't cook, um, <laughs> I can't make popcorn. And so as soon as I say to her, like, wow, like the fact that you can cook anything from scratch, yeah. I salute you. There's a softening. Okay. 
And then she says like, wow, but oh my God, if I could get an hour more of sleep a day, I would be such yeah. a better person. <laughs> yeah. And I wake up at five to do all this. Like that's, that's where the softening comes. And as soon as it was kind of like my work story, as soon as I started open that conversation, other women started talking about their challenges. And we started talking about how we were going back to work and how it was working, what was working for us and what wasn't. It's vulnerability is kind of this ladder where we're checking if the other person's safe. Sometimes they're not, but oftentimes we are dying, especially with new motherhood. We are dying to find somebody else who wants to be vulnerable with us. And then you walk yeah. up the ladder with the person. And I think Magical. what I love so much about Magical. your workplace story is that it came from a place of like strength and badassness to even have the conversation. But at the same time, <laughs> it came from a place of knowing your limitations, which had definitely had some vulnerability yep. wrapped up in it, you know? So like you can be both at exactly. the same time, you know, which I think is sometimes I think losses. Yeah. I mean, Brene Brown in a nutshell is, you know, vulnerability is not, you know, a form yeah. of weakness, you know? And that what I think that if we can start realizing yeah. that, you know, that maybe that there is some strength in it, which is something that I've definitely learned and rewarding it. Like when you are in leadership positions, rewarding vulnerability yeah. and, you know, teaching sometimes I feel like what I do a lot is exploring boundaries with people and, you know, saying, you know, encouraging the vulnerability conversations or encouraging learning where limits are. And then when they realize or when people realize, I think sometimes that the world's not going to fall apart, you know, like that, you know, it, <laughs> it creates such a safer, awesome environment um, for all of us. I don't know. It's so funny when we have these conversations because yeah. I'm so not a typical podcaster. And so then I start processing and then the podcast all just kind of turns up, falls apart. And then I just laugh because I'm like, it's fine. The brand's paying for the podcast. I'm not taking anybody's money. So, you know, what? if I want to process while I podcast, then I get to process while I podcast. I love it. That I love it. Awesome. And I think that, uh, I mean, it's just having the courage to realize that you know, like you said, most people are safe. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if we can, if we can make them feel safe, cause everyone is interacting with one another. So that yeah. mom, all right. No, I'm sorry. No, I love it. Complicated. I'm sorry. No, do I'm it. sorry, but I'm doing it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not do gonna it. I love it. Fluffy, no, it's great. The fluffy like it's Instagram great. thing. I'm gonna give you the real thing. So mm -hmm. that mom might be looking at me and being like, oh, that was the stroller yeah. that I should have got. Yeah. And then she's feeling defensive about that. Well, I'm feeling defensive yeah. about the kale chips. So that's why the vulnerability matters is we are both feeling each other out and whether or not it's a safe space. Yeah. But that's why like mom friendships in general are hard. You know, I remember like I had this, the first ever play date I ever had. So this was like 10 years ago after I had my kid. And my kid, like my first was born in the back of the car and he screamed from the moment he was born on the side of the highway oh my for like God. the first like, year and a half of his oh. life. And I knew nothing. It was prior to this brand, but I was going to have this like amazing natural birth. And I mean, I had an amazing natural birth, but it was on the side of the highway. So, but, <laughs> but he came out like very, very 
loud and cry and had colic. And he was just, he, he, he was a hard toddler. So my first ever play date, he like yeah. literally <laughs> threw something across the room and it cut this kid on the bridge of his nose. So, and it was the first time I'd had somebody over to my house and like we, we were living in my husband's house that he had bought from his parents that he grew up in. So I was already feeling like I wasn't good enough because it was like this 1970s, like center hallway colonial, but it was paid off. So like financially in great shape, but it wasn't fancy (laughs) in comparison to, you know, what these other people have had. And then he throws the toy at the fancy mom's kid. The kid's nose is bleeding. So we kind of stayed in touch over the years, but it's so interesting because I mean, I was not the person 10 years ago that I am today um, in terms of just knowledge about myself and confidence and things like that. But, you know, we kind of went in and out of each other's lives and she sent me a text message probably two years ago. And it was just this wonderful, vulnerable, like years later, but she was like, I, we still talked about that day. And she's like, I remembered that day. And she just talked to me about now that, you know, I own Lash Mama and stuff. But she was just talking about how she was having some fertility struggles. Mm-hmm. And she was watching my family on Instagram. And it brought her so much joy. And it was just this crazy moment. But it was bred from literally imperfection 10 years ago. Imperfection that I absolutely could not have avoided to happen. It was just something that was thrown across the room. And yep. I mean, you could, I couldn't have probably defined vulnerability 10 years ago with my first child, but it's, yep. it's so interesting that like when we just show up as we are and we show up authentically and we show ourselves, I feel like to the world and we're confident enough to be like, I mean, you said you don't cook. I love to cook. I don't bake, but my kids, opened my bedroom door this morning with a dead squirrel in a pasta pot because the cat had brought it into the laundry room. You know, I mean, you can't make this crap up. So you might as well just embrace it and you might as well just, you know, show up as we are. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the moral of the story is other than it's a really weird thing to wake up with a dead squirrel in a pasta pot in your school. But... But underneath, yeah. well, so what yeah, I heard, you, you tell me brain, but what I heard is you started yeah. out 10 years ago with, absolutely, and she was fancy yeah. mom, mm-hmm. right? Which is probably based on all this other, 100%. you know, knowledge yep. you had about her, what mm-hmm. house she lived yeah. in, you know, what stroll she got, whatever. And then mm-hmm. underneath all that, there was the vulnerability and there was yeah. the love of the messiness yeah. and there were the fertility yeah. struggles and all those things. Like we, 100%. we've all got it. Yeah. And even if the mom that we don't like when, when I run into moms where, you know, they're just not feeling it and they're not doing yeah. the vulnerable thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like the way that I get through that and I don't yeah. let it ruin my day is I recognize that. And I, I hope for them that in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, yeah. that they're going to get there. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just is, is also like kind of what you said in the sense that like, you you hope that they get there you see them but like here like i lead to this company and it's great and it's successful but i show up a hot mess like i didn't even know there was a photo shoot at my house this morning until my husband was like mm-hmm. hey melissa there's a whole bunch of people here i was here at the <laughs> office i wasn't even in the right place and you know thankfully the people who ran the photo shoot were there and could do it but there's a certain level of we all got crap. So like I openly talk about therapy like all the time. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm in my office for an hour. Like 
and we laugh about it. I mean, I'll make yep. up some stupid thing like, hey, remember when you did that? Yeah, that's on the table for today. Like, we'll just, we just laugh about it, you know? But it's open to every <laughs> single employee that wants yep. it, you know? We'll, we'll pay for it, ask for the credit card, Aww. you know, because it's, <laughs> here's the deal. You guys are the secret to this in some ways, I feel like, at the end of the day. Like, if we can just get people in safe spaces, I feel like they're more apt to yeah. feel like things are safer in general in life, maybe. Yes. Is that right? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Oh, can you run like I, Google? Well, I, mean, I, I think Google's probably doing pretty you. well. There are some pretty bad places, though. But anyways, I don't know. It's just, oh, I just, I, I just wish for so much more because I don't think that statistic about what happens in that postpartum year is all hormonal based. I think a lot of yeah. it is from no. the sense that we are not feeling safe with one another. And I think the more of us who are meeting people where they are and being kind and trying to find connection, the places you connect and being okay, that there are differences and finding other ways to be together. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No. I love yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast yeah. episode ever. Do you think, do you think I'm <laughs> crazy? You probably do. Probably do from. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is exactly, this is the real stuff. And if there's ever, I just, the good conversations are not oh. the most linear oh. and they oh, there's, there's and nothing and this is what linear about mom. my life. There's nothing linear. I have let that go yes. a long time ago. Speaking of imperfections, <laughs> there are very few projects in my life that go yes. A to Z and they all go around and most of the time they still them. come together, come together pretty well. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how all moms talk. Abs our kids absolutely. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but this has been amazing. And I really think that there are some like amazing takeaways that I have never considered before. And I'm so stoked to share it with people. <laughs>